It's one thing to rebel against convention. It's another thing to rebel against culture. It's quite another thing entirely to rebel against nature, which has never been wise, nor prudent, nor successful. The Godly Troublemaker Podcast. Introduction. Okay, confession time. This is something I don't disclose to everyone. And the everyone I do disclose it to, I usually have to wait some time before doing so. This gives the necessary time for me to prove my man chops as to hopefully dispel all doubt or at least create enough cognitive dissonance when said disclosure takes place that I'm not totally gay. Anyway, here it is. I like home shows. Of course, this is a statement to be taken in principle and not in total given that HGTV is gayer than a Democrat in Pride Month during an election year, because nothing says home renovation like a hammer and a side of sodomy. But enough about Paul Pelosi. So there it is, all out in the open now. I like home shows. Having renovated three homes now with my wife, we enjoy watching these shows. You know, the kind where they turn a booger into a beauty. Perhaps it's because there's something biblical about bringing something back to life. Also, full disclosure, demolition is much cheaper and much more enjoyable than therapy. The interesting thing is about home shows that I've noticed over the last few years, besides becoming increasingly gay, or perhaps because they've become increasingly gay, you pick the chicken or the egg, is that despite how beautiful these homes may be, the vast majority of them are simply empires of dirt or shrines to self. And the couples, if they're even married, most likely will end in divorce in a few years. All this to say that most, though not all, are building or renovating these homes and do not know why. They don't know what a marriage is, what a family is, and what a home or a domicile is for, namely, as a means to an end, namely, to facilitate dominion. Though the end may look the same, what my wife and I are doing in renovating a home with our family of seven is vastly different than what is transpiring when two gays or two gender-confused dog parents renovate a house. Sure, we want our home to be pretty. We want it to be inviting. I think you call that light and bright and airy or something like that. But that is all secondary to function. Does this home meet our needs? Will it allow us to expand and grow? Is it conducive for our work? Does it function for homeschooling and hospitality? Is there room for a library and a studio? If not, can we build one? If we had to, can we turn a profit on this house? What is the land like? Is there enough of it? Is it fertile? And so on. Our entire focus is on building up our household, which means we're not just thinking about the present, but the future. We're not just thinking about our children, we're thinking about our grandchildren. This is completely different when Pete and Chastin renovate their home, or when Tristan and his alpha wife and their dog children renovate their homes. Theirs is a whitewashed tombed, a monument of decay. Though beautiful on the surface, their function is anti-dominion. For all of their awesome finishes, their homes and their legacies will suffer that same fate as Ozymandias, that great king of kings. Nothing besides remains, round the decay of that colossal wreck, boundless and bare, the lone and level sand stretch far away. 
the patriarchy, and stupid Wokies. Perhaps no word is held in higher derision today than the word patriarchy. The mere mention of the word sends college students running to their therapy hamsters, sends fact-checkers into ban mode. It sends evangelifish into apology mode. All that to say, it would be wise for someone someday to put Long Live the Patriarchy on a t-shirt. Despite all of the derision, few in the above-mentioned categories of our cultural elite even know what patriarchy is. However, they know with absolute certainty that it stands for everything bad. I mean, like, really bad. Like, everything that's ever happened bad. Like, white people didn't exist before the patriarchy came into existence bad. Which, to be entirely honest, that last one is actually true, given that God created the patriarchy and that it is baked into the cake. Therefore, all men are patriarchs, but not all patriarchs are white. You're welcome. Patriarchy, in its most simplistic form, simply means father rule, which just on the surface, you would think that would be applauded and encouraged by everyone, especially given that every sphere of our civilization benefits from it, which is also why fatherlessness is not only the biggest problem facing our country, but also the world. As the African proverb says, if the young are not initiated into the village, they will burn it down just to feel the warmth. Contra Hillary Clinton, it doesn't take a village to raise a child. It takes a father and a mother to initiate them into the village, or rather, teach them in the way that they should go, so that when they are old, they will not depart from it. Proverbs 22.6 If there is any doubt just how important fathers are, just look at some of the numbers. 85% of all children who exhibit behavioral disorders come from fatherless homes. 90% of all homeless and runaway children are from fatherless homes. 71% of all high school dropouts come from fatherless homes. 75% of all adolescent patients in chemical abuse centers come from fatherless homes. 63% of youth suicides are from fatherless homes. 70% of juveniles in state-operated institutions come from fatherless homes. 85% of all youth sitting in prisons grew up in fatherless homes. 80% of rapists come from fatherless homes. C.S. Lewis said of the atheist that he doesn't believe in God and is very angry at him for not being there. So too is often the case with many of our patriarchy haters. They don't believe in the patriarchy, and they're very angry that their father wasn't a good one. But the problem runs much deeper than simply having a bad father. Although that is obviously a huge problem, one that has generational consequences. But the reason it has such a long-lasting negative impact on society is because it's actually rebellion against God the Father by misrepresenting what He is like. Herein lies the real rub in the road for our cultural intelligentsia and for all the useful idiots that are getting their drinking water downstream without ever wondering why it tastes so tangy. They hate God the Father and all earthly fatherhood which is derivative and reflective of God, and they hate the built-in authority structure within creation that it necessitates. Man was created in the image of God, 
Woman was also created in the image of God, but they were created with a functional complementarity. They are equal in value, both image bearers of God, but different in design and function. All of man's gifts and responsibilities are, well, masculine, and all of woman's gifts and responsibilities are, well, feminine. Man was created as the glory of God, and woman was created as the glory of man. As Doug Wilson likes to say, regarding the woman, she was created as the glory of the glory. Man has authority. It is baked into the cake. He was created to rule over creation, to lead and have dominion. Again, to quote Doug Wilson, Males will necessarily be dominant in any given culture, and the only question before that culture concerning whether or not that dominion will be constructive or destructive. End quote. Patriarchy is unavoidable, which is why a father's absence is just as destructive as a father's abuse. So then, man has authority, and this authority is unavoidable. However, it's a derivative authority, which means that it comes from God and is to be exercised for the glory of God, which means that God and God alone sets the perimeters for the proper exercising of such. Man has legitimate authority to rule, but this is not an absolute authority. Not only that, but the authority that any man has is determined by the office title that he holds. The scope of that authority is also determined by God within that sphere. Man was created to rule and to subdue creation, which is characterized and seen by fruitfulness in his home, in his work, and in his worship. He is to be a blessing in all that he puts his hands to. He is a worker, a protector, a provider. He is a creator and a builder, and is to be watchful over all that God has entrusted to his care. This is his dominion, which should be reflected in his domicile. Man builds the house, but the woman makes it a home. Man brings home the bacon, but the woman fries it up. Man was given a mission by God, that is, to drink coffee and do stuff. Okay, I guess the coffee is optional, but the doing stuff is not. He was tasked by God to do stuff, and he needs a helper fit for him to accomplish and fulfill his mission. The biblical household, then, is something much more powerful than a pretty place to lay your head. It's an integrated, covenantal, economic structure created to have dominion over the planet for the glory of God. The actual home is ground zero. It's where knights and princesses are formed. Another trend that I have noticed over the last few years, specifically related to the patriarchy, that our degenerate, wokey comrades are trying to fix, is the master bedroom or master suite. Not that this is something that they can do away with. Every home is going to have a biggest room, and that biggest room is always going to be inhabited by the one with the most authority in the home, namely the one who bought it and is master of it. But the fact that there could be a built-in authority structure in creation reminds Wokies of God and the patriarchy and stuff, so this must change. What's their solution to set emotional vexing? If you can't change it, rename it. Over the last few years, I have seen the master suite change to a primary suite, then change again to a principal suite, and then change again to an owner suite. Problem solved. But is it, though? 
Unfortunately, whenever you run from the hound of heaven, you can't help but feel him breathing on the back of your neck. The word master in regards to master suite is positional. It implies authority and rank and title in the home, which Wokies disdain. But have they really fixed the problem? Not at all. In trying to fix a creational design, they just made things worse. The words primary and principle may sound better and be more soothing to the super enlightened among us. However, where master communicates rank and title, primary and principle communicate valuation, which is the one thing that they mistakenly think that patriarchy is all about. Hilariously, they've created the one thing that they were trying to avoid. What about the owner suite? Well, I have no problem with this language because somebody actually bought the house. But as was expressed just a few minutes ago, I'm not sure how this fixes anything. And in our super non-racist culture, And it's here I feel the obligatory and cultural necessity to remind my audience that I love black people and that I'm not racist. There. It doesn't seem any more sensitive to use the word owner instead of master. In fact, one can be a master without being an owner, but one can't be an owner without being a master. Again, nooses and necks and such. All this to say, the producers at HGTV that feel it necessary to push their worldview down our throats by redefining the home suck at it and are only making things worse. In their defense, they may say something along the lines that they are not creating culture, but simply trying to reflect a broad representation of culture. Well, first of all, I strongly believe their representation is grossly disproportionate which is intentional. And secondly, it's true that our culture is filled with feminists, passive men, and all forms of sexual depravity, which the representatives of such certainly buy and renovate homes. But they also don't make them. They can't declare it to be making a home any more than Michael Scott can declare bankruptcy. Conclusion. It's one thing to rebel against convention. It's another thing to rebel against culture. It's quite another thing entirely to rebel against nature, which has never been wise, nor prudent, nor successful. Therefore, let me just end with the words of that great patriarch and nation builder, Joshua. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord.